the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is a survivor of a highly abusive marriage and now a successful author, coach, therapist and the CEO of Unique Vibrations, Donna Ferguson. Greetings, Donna. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Nigel. Um, I'm absolutely fabulous. And one of my favorite things is doing interviews and being interviewed and, and conducting the interviews myself. So a uh, great honor and pleasure to be here with you today. Lovely to have you here. You live in Australia. Which part of Australia do you live in? Well, in sunny Brisbane, but, uh, you know, with this with this winter weather, not so sunny. <laughs> How is Australia coping with the coronavirus at the moment? Yeah, look, we've, we've definitely had our restrictions and, um, you know, like ev everyone, and had lockdown to a certain extent. I don't think it's in comparison to what the UK's had or even New Zealand was in full lockdown for a long time. There seem to have been a lot of workers still working, particularly in Queensland. They class the essential workers as those who were the breadwinner for the family if they could continue to conduct uh, their businesses by going into their, their workplace place of employment then that was that was classed as essential workers so they had a very open mind about that so there was still a lot of people traveling to and from work not necessarily on public transport but um, definitely moving through through into their their workspace and where where they've lifted those slightly now so we have i think it's a maximum of 20 people can can eat in a restaurant now so that's, uh, that's exciting for everybody to be able to go out wine and dine again. I understand you were in an abusive relationship. How do you think that happened? While it is quite subtle to start with, it is a very quick process. And you tend to lose contact with um, all the people around you. And so you're very isolated very easily through the process of a new relationship, I suppose. And you tend to really, it's full on before you even realise what's happening. Do you know what, to be honest, it probably, there were a couple of red flags just prior to the wedding and I put it down to pre-wedding jitters, I suppose, and still went ahead with it. And within a month, within a month, I'd probably had the worst, worst beating that I'd ever had. So it was, yeah, two days before Christmas didn't know if I would ever take another breath. I thought, I actually thought it was it. I thought my life was done. So that was within four weeks. So what other types of abuse did your husband carry out against you? You know, I'm not sure if you're aware, Michael, and certainly not sure what the viewers are aware of, but there are so many varieties of um, domestic violence and abuse that, you know, sometimes people don't even recognise it. But when it's physical abuse, it's very obvious. So there's, there was, during the course of that marriage, um, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, financial abuse to a certain, a certain point. He didn't work and, and when he did find a job, he was there two days and decided that that wasn't for him. 
So there was a financial abuse in the sense that he wasn't prepared to actually make money. And so the money I was earning was very driven to the direction that he wanted to take, which was alcohol and mm. many other things. So, you know, the, 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 that was four or five just off the top of my head that happened. And I didn't know all those other areas of abuse existed as such within a marriage anyway. So that was quite obvious. And, you know, then you see the different things that occur after that and the emotional abuse continued. And, you know, there was a little bit of the uh, stalking because people don't realise stalking is a form of domestic violence or, you know, uh, abusive uh, behaviour. There's so many varieties of it. I think there's like 12 all up. Um, and I just can't, I'm trying to trigger some of those now. It's been a while since I've really looked into all those areas. But, you know, and, and both men and women don't realise that they're in those situations until it's way too long, too late. Mm -hmm. And talking even just recently, yesterday I was doing an interview with a lady and her relationship was very much not physical, but the emotional fear, the like the emotional abuse, the financial abuse um, is just as traumatic as the physical. So how did you escape your abusive marriage? Actually, that was um, that was a very interesting day. I was going to an interview for a job and I had a five month old daughter and it was one of those situations where the journey to this interview was quite traumatic for me. All the triggers were going off. It was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to get out of this. You know, it's the fear within me. And I went into this interview and um, I'd say I actually got the job and I didn't even, <laughs> I don't know how because I had that, I, I was so not focused on the interview. I had the fear building within myself. And you know, sometimes I just strongly believe that we're guided. Um, spirit takes us on a journey and provides answers and solutions for us without us having any control over that. And I came down the staircase from the interview and for me to go to the car, I had to turn left and I got to the bottom of the stairs and, and something just, I didn't even look to the left. It was so... Uh, non-comprehensible of a, you know, the decision itself. I, I just walked off to the right where I knew there was a taxi rank, but I didn't make that decision. And so I jumped in a taxi, had no money on me, and I went to my mum's work. And, you know, I said to the taxi driver, can you please just wait there? I've got to go and get the money. He must have thought I was some crazy lady. And, um, you know, jumping in a taxi without any money. And, and I said, I'll be right back. I promise I'll be right back. And so I went, went in, got, it was all of a dollar. I remember that taxi fee so well. It was a dollar. I didn't even have a dollar in my, in my purse. So I went and got the money from, from my mother and went and paid the taxi driver and, and went and sat with her. And I believe it was like two hours later, he went up looking for me in the interview, in the office that I was being interviewed in because, you know, he thought I was taking too long and I was nowhere to be found. So, and he had my daughter with me, but it was a decision that was made unconsciously by myself and at the same time there was a knowing that everything would be okay 
mm. if that makes sense. It, it, and it was the most empowering day and most fearful day of my life. How do you believe your abusive marriage changed you as a person? When I came away from that marriage, there was, you know, obviously a lot of healing to be done and a lot of work to be done on myself. And as I started to grow my strength back and, and feel comfortable with being able to make decisions because, you know, you're not making decisions, you're not doing anything through this whole process of the abuse. And so you are sitting very much in a space where I was living with my parents, so everything was being dictated to me, again, to a certain extent, and with love, like, don't get me wrong, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad situation, it was a great, I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity, because so many people have no one. And so it was very much, you know, thinking about where I wanted my life to go after that. And I certainly didn't want more of that. So, you know, it was, it was a, a process where I really needed to think about what I wanted. And back in those days, I mean, that was 40 years ago, there was even the divorce process was so different. It was like we had to do counselling, we had to you know, try and, you know, make the marriage work. I'm like, seriously, this marriage is done, you know. And uh, I remember walking out of one of the counselling sessions and said to the woman, um, you know, you're not married, you've never been married. How can you try Mm. and understand what I've been through? And I had scars. I'm like, look, how can you ask me to go back to that? said, you know, I think we're done. (laughs) And I walked out. So... You know, that process, the whole process took years to sort of unravel and I knew that I wanted, A, my voice back. I wanted control of my life. I wanted to be in control of my life. And, you know, I wanted to move forward and help other people work through whatever it was that they were going through. You mentioned counselling. Generally, marriage counselling now is not recommended if one of the partners is actually abusive, uh, the abuser can often take revenge if something is revealed in the uh, session that they don't like. Absolutely, my how things have changed. (laughs) Well, Donna, you're an author. Why did you decide to write your book? A little bit like you, I suppose, Nigel. I thought about the book and, uh, you know, really looked at how I was going to be able to write a book. And it took me many years, probably more than five, to really start looking at what I was going to write about and I probably had three books going at the time. One day I just said this is going to happen. I am going to sit down in this four-day break that I'm on and I'm going to write my book. I'm going to lock myself in the study for four days and I'm going to write this book. And I knew that I'd be touching on things that I'd never talked about my abuse um, really openly until then. And um, so I did start to get a lot of emotion, start to unravel. And, you know, I was well into my 40s then. So this was like a good 20 years later where I'd started to really look at how that was going to unravel. And, yeah, it 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 was a process. And I I could feel, and that's when I knew that the healing wasn't done and that I had to move into um, other areas where I could really heal that before I could help others properly. What is your book called and what is it about? 
My book is Seven Steps to Emotional Freedom and it talks about the physical, emotional, spiritual and mental <laughs> mental uh, being as, you know, working out where we actually are and what we need to do. And this was derived from a previous business that I had where I was looking at all four areas of our life being aligned and, you know, so much growth has happened since then. I have to say personally that, you know, that was my starting point and it does need to be rebranded. It needs to have another draft done. And I've been thinking about that over the, the past three months during the COVID period, I suppose, and looking at how I want that to look like. And that's definitely something that I'll be doing. It's got old business names and references in it that are no longer valid. And so that's the main reason that I want to uh, derive this new new look, I think, update it. So I will be doing that. I will be updating my ebook uh, shortly as well so that I can at least have a ebook that I can, you know, that will be out there and that will be easy to do. So I will be doing a second edition. So when do you hope to have that book published? It hasn't been a priority. It's been a thought process that I've gone through and, you know, that will be something that I will be looking at later this year to have that all rebranded. And once I do that, then I'll send it off to the publisher. I understand you're also a hypnotherapist. What made you decide to start studying hypnotherapy? Uh, that's an interesting question. I actually went to a, what I thought was a book writing course. <laughs> which was really interesting. So that was in 2010. And the person that I was dealing with, I had, I had known of and had been uh, working with a little bit. And so I knew that he was this publisher and he had a global publishing uh, business. And I was like, yes, great. This is the one. And so I booked in and got down there and I'm like, this is not what I thought it was, <laughs> but it was an incredible experience and I am so glad I did it because consciously I don't know if I'd have made that decision to do hypnotherapy at that time. So I was really grateful that I had just booked in and taken that leap to, to do some work with Darren and, you know, he's an amazing person and he has incredible talent with so many different areas of his business and it wasn't a conscious decision let's say that Nigel it was it was by accident but nothing happens by accident let's face it. You're also a coach what type of issues do you coach people about? People have challenges and you know changing their life changing lives of, of people on a daily basis is incredibly satisfying and often they'll come to us with an issue that you know, say for instance, they might say, I want to increase my business, you know, I, I want more clients. And we'll look at not the increase of clients, it's the increase of their vibrational frequency. Because what it comes down to is their years of conditioning, their years of development, their years of learning, their years of education, their years of um, having a certain belief around something. And it's often not that they actually can't get new clients. Often the problem is much deeper. And, 
you know, I've done a lot of work around, you know, internal healing and education around, you know, being able to create, you know, the life that we dream of, the law of attraction, manifestation, all of those things. But until recently, when I started doing some really deep work with one of Bob Proctor's programs, I didn't realize there was so much suppressed feelings around my life as a whole. And things that I dealt with, things that I'd been healed. I'd had energy healings. I'd spent money on, you know, you know, Reiki healings. I'd spent money on all sorts of areas of my life to heal the internal. When it comes down to it, your spiritual being, which is, you know, we're all conditioned to believe everything's physical. Everything is a mass. And our physical being is actually less less than 1% of our whole self. And we're not taught to tap into that energetic side or the spiritual side. We are taught to live in the physical. And when it's less than 1%, then there's so much more to us. You know, there's infinite potential within us to do the things that we want to do. And so when I started doing this work, one of these Bob Proctor coaching programs, it became very evident to me that as things started to unravel, I hadn't done the healing within on a deep energetic level. So when people come to me, I understand that and the behaviors that go with why things aren't occurring to, you know, for them within their business and helping them to manage who they are on all levels actually creates the lift in their belief of themselves. It lifts their confidence. It lifts their frequency that vibrates out because everything flows through and to us. And if you're not allowing that flow with ease to go out, then you're definitely not going to be getting it back. So your vibration can be up here, but your level of belief is down here. And that's the frequency that goes out, not the one of, of what you want. It's the level and what you truly believe mm -hmm. is happening for you. So everything goes through and, and to us. So you're, you're letting that level of belief go out, go through you and out. And what's coming back to you is exactly what you're asking for. And so working with people to bring that level of belief and confidence up through techniques and processes and understanding of, you know, their self-image and how they feel about themselves and working, even working with things as simply as gratitude on a much deeper level rather than just a tick box level. How many people do their gratitudes every day? Tick, 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 yep, that's done. Looking at gratitude from a much deeper level actually is the beginning of any process in building your own self-belief and and how you see yourself. Everything is energy. Last year, 2019, you were a guest speaker at the International Women's Day event. How did that come about? I had done uh, so work, some work with a lady on visibility of my business. And part of that, she has a wonderful way of building really great relationships with people who work with her. And... All of her relationships uh, within her business or people who have been through her business 
always get the first opportunity to do things. And this was the first time I had physically spoken my, my domestic violence journey. And it was one of those things where I knew it was time for that to come out. I knew that it was something I needed to share because it would change the life of somebody out there because you don't know how far that ripple effect's going to go. And this was being live streamed uh, globally. So it went around the world. And I didn't hesitate when I was asked to do it. I just went, yes, I'm ready for this. This is something that I, I, I believe it's time for me to share. And it was one of the hardest things I'd ever done <laughs> to literally stand up and talk about those particular events um, in front of people, but also out to the world. So that was, yeah, that was through, um, through doing some work and doing, um, doing, making my business more visible. And of course, we're great friends now as well. So Donna, what other interests do you have? I'm very passionate about what I do and, you know, it just lights me up. What I like doing after that is, or outside of that, is definitely spending time with, you know, my husband and my family and friends, just enjoying that time because you really don't know what's around the corner. So nurturing those uh, relationships is really important to me. And what are your plans for the future? My plans for the future, personally, I am moving to a, a property down by the sea, which is going to be amazing because I just love the beach. So that would be one other thing I love to do outside of my work is walk along the beach and just soak up that energy. And, you know, it's such a, it's such a healing energy. And plans for the future is to not only build the online coaching programs that I have, it's also to run some major, some major events, three or four major events during the year, which will be live. And I really want, my vision for the future is to encourage people to be everything they were born to be, because so many of us don't realize the potential that we have sitting within us and we all have this genius within us and infinite potential to really create our own economy and if I can teach people to create their own economy and be everything that they were they were born to be then that would be my legacy I guess as well you know leaving that and giving everybody the feeling of increase when they walk away. And for me, to create 100 millionaires this year is, is one of my visions. So that is all part of the big vision as well. So Donna, how can people contact you? So I'm very active on Facebook. Um, I do have my Unique Vibrations Facebook page. I also, uh, through my website... And LinkedIn is another avenue that they can contact me on or they can email me very easily, Donna at Unique Vibrations, if they've got any questions that they want to ask or any inquiries that they want to find out. I am happy to do a free discovery call with them for 30 minutes, work out where they're at and give them a point to step forward after that call, knowing that they're going to be capable 
to manage whatever the challenges that they've got ahead of them. And of course, if they want to work with me, they can do that as well. Well, Donna, in Australia, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Nigel. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.